Did you know that nearly nine out of 10 home buyers say they'd use a buyer's agent when purchasing a home again? Buyer representation really matters when there's 111 to-dos. Visit Realtor.com slash Buyer Agent Toolkit and spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. You know, one of the things that is constantly asked of me and people struggle with so much is work-life balance. You know, that's what people's, you know, really struggle with. You know, sometimes when you go back to, you know, simple steps, it makes it a lot easier than when you try to complicate everything, right? And so to me, that simplicity is everything. And when there's 24 hours in a day, right? Like uh, you need eight hours for sleep. Like that's a must, right? Most of us require those eight hours for work, right? And then there's eight hours for play, right? Now, depending on what it is that you're doing in your life, you know, you need to balance that. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Belt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they learn navigating this ever-changing industry. Real Trends has just released our 2023 brokerage rankings, spotlighting the top-performing real estate brokerages in the country. This list of over 1,600 brokerages have had a hand in roughly 37% of all her home purchase and sales transactions in the country. If you're a mortgage title or insurance executive, you may be wondering how you can connect with and learn from this exclusive group. I want to invite you to attend Real Trends Gathering of Eagles Conference. From June 18th to the 21st in Austin, Texas at the beautiful Omni Barton Creek Resort, Real Trends will be hosting the best of the best from the real estate community. This conference has historically been invite only and exclusive to real estate professionals. But for the first time ever, we're inviting executives from mortgage, title, and insurance to join us. The connections that you make at Gathering of Eagles can help power your business in this challenging environment. So don't miss out on the opportunity to sign up while tickets are still available. Visit Realtrends.com today to learn more. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth, trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Velt. I'm the Senior Director of Data and Content for HW Media, which includes Real Trends and Housing Wire. And today, I'd like to welcome Maurizio Umansky. He is the founder of the agency, and they are ranked number 18 in sales volume and number 33 largest private independent real estate broker in the 2023 Real Trends 500 brokerage rankings. Uh, the firm was also a top year, one year mover by sides. And Umansky recently wrote a book called The Dealmaker. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, the book offers his sage advice on business and also his personal story of struggles. Um, so welcome. Tracy, thank you so much. And what a great introduction. I did not realize we were number 18. That's my lucky number. Um, and so, uh, I'm thrilled that we're, uh, what a great number to be at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys are killing it. Um, I know you've had a really busy year with franchising, international growth, mortgage, title, home inspection, home warranty, you name it, you did it this year. So, um, let's talk about your growth and some of the lessons that you've learned um, you know, really over the past year and growing so rapidly. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. You know, it, it's um, it looks like we're growing rapidly, but we're really growing uh, intelligently and slowly, believe it or not, uh, even though it feels like it's extraordinarily fast. You know, we are making sure that our growth is um, uh, as, to as many offices as we can open per month. So right now we're opening about 24 offices per year. Um, and that's about what our team can handle, which is two per month. 
Um, so we're really not looking at any further, you know, expansion than that. Um, um, and uh, it's just so it's just very strategic. Um, and it's 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 pretty much what we can handle. We're making sure, you know, I live by the adage of uh, uh, Napoleon Bonaparte saying that, you know, dress me slow because I'm in a hurry. And uh, when he used to prepare for battle, uh, he would tell his staff to dress him slowly. You know, back then, you know, it was very complicated to get dressed for battle. Right. So the whole point is, like, let's not make mistakes. Let's get to the battlefield faster by not making mistakes, by not putting something on wrong. Right. Like, um, you know, I always tell, you know, you're, you're, you're late for a meeting. You're rushing. Uh, it's a super important meeting. You are uh, driving fast. And all of a sudden, you get pulled over by a policeman. Well, guess what? That made you a lot later, right? So trust me slow because I'm in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's great. And I love the idea of strategic growth. Um, and I know that you're looking into international markets as well. So what do you think has been yeah. kind of the biggest challenge in, in that? Because obviously, you know, you, you want to grow as quickly as you can, realistically, and um, but you have to be very strategic about it. What has been like the challenge to that? Yeah, primarily in the international world is the biggest challenge right now, just because of uh, internationalizing the uh, the different currencies, the website, um, square feet, square meters, um, currency uh, um, addresses are not all the same, and input. So most of it has been really just challenges on the tech side. Um, just to make sure that everything kind of jives and talks. Um, because again, you know, some countries, you know, we use, uh, you know, the address one, two, three, you know, Main Street, you know, Los Angeles, California, blah, blah, blah. Not everybody does that, right? Right. Like some, some places to use, you know, Main Street number 35, right? Like, um, and so it's, uh, I think that, that that internationalization of the tech has been definitely kind of our, our, our biggest challenge uh, to get things done. Um, uh, and, that, and that's kind of what just is, is, is keeping us at that 24-month uh, language barriers, uh, you know, being able to translate it into French, into Spanish, into uh, Italian, all of these different languages, uh, and not just using, you know, a Google Translate, which, you know, doesn't do a very good job. Uh, it doesn't do a bad job, but it doesn't do, you know, a tremendously great job. Um, so, yeah, I think those are the biggest challenges. Okay. And, and you know, um, as well as anyone, the market is kind of evolving and the pace of change really seems faster than ever before. I know you were, um, you know, like most national brokerages, you had to make some strategic adjustments um, with operating costs and that. So how are you now preparing your brokerage for tomorrow? Yeah, look, we, we are, uh, um, we've been very lucky. We have grown uh, with no debt. Um, so that's kind of a really nice thing to be able to handle. Uh, you know, right now we've made, you know, um, decisions to be fiscally responsible. We need to make sure that we're continuing to be fiscally responsible. And, uh, you know, right now my budgets for the next couple of years are really just about being uh, break even, to be honest with you, um, so that we can continue to put money into growth. Um, you know, I'm not looking at, uh, this is not my years to, uh, um, you know, to make money. These are my years just to continue to grow, gain market share, uh, be, be smart, um, um, you know, be fiscally responsible, as I like to say, uh, not lose money, but gain, gain market share, right? Uh, just put it all back in and just run really balanced budgets. I mean, that's kind of like the name of the game right now for us for the next, you know, until the housing market, you know, until we start seeing a boom again, 
Um, you know, right now we're in a we're in a housing uh, a recession. Um, you know, as you know, uh, you know, people that are uh, willing or not willing to admit it, it's true. It's a fact. And uh, we just need to, you know, get through it. Uh, we've seen it many times before. It's not the first. It's not the last. Um, we, but one of the things that we do know is we will come out of it. So we just need to be prepared for when we come out of it again. Yeah, absolutely. I just did a podcast with our housing analyst, Logan Matashami, and he feels like the Fed is, is forcing us into a, a recession. So, uh, you know. They already did. The problem is we're not admitting it. And so that's also causing the Fed to, to uh, just continue to go uh, because nobody seems to want to admit it, right? So the faster we admit it, the faster we see the price reset, the faster we see all of that stuff, the better leaves off and we'll start on our way to recovery. But yeah. we're just not there yet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in your book, I want to talk a little bit about the deal maker because you talked a lot about having to overcome adversity in childhood. Um, you had some health issues and, and some other challenges, yet you really... Um, have obviously moved above and and kind of embraced that adversity to thrive in your real estate business. So tell me how that whole experience set you up for success in real estate or in business in general. Yeah, it's all about, you know, um, look, I, I was born with a blood disease, a terminal blood disease, and I survived it, right? Like right off the bat, I just feel like a, like I'm lucky to be here and I'm lucky to be part on the planet, right? So that's kind of a fun uh, way to start your morning every day. Um, you know, then it's all about, you know, mindset. You know, you learn from, I, I always say that we all get stronger from our mistakes, from our challenges, from our hurdles. Like uh, when we go through that, um, and it might be difficult at a certain point, but you've just come out so much stronger. Uh, you know, particularly when innately you're already, a, you know, I'm a competitive guy uh, and I believe in, uh, in, 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 you know, failure is not an option. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you live like that and you wake up every morning like that um, and you just have a mindset like that, um, then guess what? Failure is not an option. Like uh, you just you just it, it isn't. It's not part of that world. Um, and so that's kind of the way I look at it. It's the way it's helped me. Um, you know, we, we're. we're I've always grown the company and I've always grown personally during these recessionary times. Uh, you know, I talk in the book about being a contrarian, um, you know, and, um, and taking advantage of opportunities to me when things are difficult, that's, that's called opportunity. Um, that's not, you know, that, that, because when everything's amazing and easy, everything, you know, everybody just seems to be using their same agents, their same people. They're not willing to change. They're not willing to take it, you know, make a difference. Um, and so you need these difficult times, you know, difficult times. The only thing that happens is that there's a transfer of wealth. Um, I mean, that's really what happens. Money doesn't disappear, right? Like, I mean, it's like, it's really, it's disappearing from one hand and appearing in another hand. Um, right. Um, but it doesn't just like disappear. Um, and so, you know, that's when we have the opportunity to, again, make a difference, gain market share. So show that you're resilient. Um, and, um, uh, and I just think all of those experiences that have been throughout my life, um, and that I talk about in my book, um, you know, are really smart. You know, my book is not, you know, the idea was, is I didn't want to write something that was about, uh, the steps of success or the five steps to, you know, being the best real estate agent on the planet. Like that could, that's a different book. I wanted to tell stories, my experiences, um, uh, and, and what did I learn from those experiences? What insights did I have? What life lessons did I have? How did that change my mind with the hope that when my readers are reading my book 
It's not about, you know, then my, my mantras. It's not about them picking up my mantras and saying like, oh, I want to live with these mantras. It's, it's really about, um, you know, each reader saying, oh, that, 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 that experience, I had something very similar happen to me. Um, and I didn't really pick up that, you know, that I could learn X, Y, and Z from this. Uh, and I see that, and now it's like a light bulb goes off, right? It's a different light bulb. It's not about picking up my mantra, but I'm just hoping that the people that are reading my book have their own insights and their own and their own light bulbs and their own life lessons go off um, as they're reading my experiences, but not through my experiences that I trigger an experience, you know, that yeah. they had. Um, and that was kind of my intention. Yeah, I think mindset is so important. I listen to a ton of podcasts on mindset from Jay Shetty to there's a, um, a bunch of different people that I listen to about manifesting and not in the way of manifesting that most people think, um, visioning and that. Um, and it is amazing how there's just a couple nuggets that you can pull that really make such a difference. Um, and you offer a lot of, you've gotten a lot of advice from relatives in that over the years, and you you talk about them in your book. What is kind of maybe maybe two of the most impactful lessons that you've learned from them? Well, you know, one of the things that is constantly asked of me and people struggle with so much is 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 balance. You know, um, work life balance. You know, um, family fun balance, you know, all of that stuff. It just, that's, that's what people's, you know, really struggle with, you know, and my grandfather just was such a simple man. Like he always used to say things so simply. And it's like, you know, sometimes when you go back to, you know, simple steps, it makes it a lot easier than when you try to complicate everything. Right. Um, and so to me, that simplicity is everything. And when he talks about, you know, since I was a young man, he, you know, he used to tell me, Mauricio, there's 24 hours in a day, right? Like there's not 25 hours. There's not like there's 24 hours in a day. Uh, you need eight hours for sleep. Like that's a must, right? Uh, you know, most of us require those eight hours for work, right? We're not, you know, part of the uh, inheritance club. Uh, and and then there's eight hours for play, right? Now, um, depending on what it is that you're doing in your life, you know, you need to balance that, right? And, you know, sometimes if you're working really, really hard and you're launching a business and you're doing a startup, you may need to borrow, you know, two or three hours from the playtime, Right. Um, and so therefore somebody's going to have to sacrifice on that playtime, right? And then you have to start analyzing, well, what does that sacrifice mean? Because the playtime, by the way, you know, is not necessarily playtime. That's the time that you get you time. That's the time that you have to split between you time, your family time, uh, your friends time, uh, gym, uh, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, you've got to figure out how to fit all of those other things in, inside those few hours, um, and, 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 you know, we, in theory, we're not sacrificing too many of the sleep hours, right? I mean, hopefully you're keeping it to, uh, you know, seven or eight at least, right? Um, so, so, so it, when you, when you think of things that simply, um, I think that's a really good life lesson that, you know, I had when I was young and innately, and it's just something that see people have such a struggle with. Um, but if you just think about it, you know, you, you simplify it, it really shouldn't be, you know, such a struggle. Yeah. It should just be a simple thing. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, most of most of my friends and most of the people and co-workers, uh, that's one of the biggest things that people struggle with is that balance, you know, that, you know, um, work-life balance. Yeah, especially with remote working. Um, that makes it even more difficult. Are you uh, requiring people to be in the office? It looks like you have a pretty busy office behind you. So um, or is it people are choosing to come in or how are you working that? 
Yeah, we're not requiring, but I think a lot of the people, you know, want want to start coming in and, and more and more uh, are wanting to come in. And so it's, uh, you know, we're encouraging it. Um, uh, you know, I do like working in the office. I think that that just, you know, creates more networking, you know, a bunch of other stuff. By the way, there's also a balance on that. Like I can tell you, um, you know, for me personally, who I'm interrupted all day long when I'm at the office, uh, when I'm at home. I can actually sit down for two hours and maybe get, you know, something, you know, some real, you know, uninterrupted two works of, you know, done. Um, so, so there's, there's, you know, there's just, again, there's, there's gotta be balance and there's the right thing. Um, uh, you know, I, I like the idea of this anywhere office. We're starting to figure out how to change our office where you're not necessarily have like dedicated space and you like, you need to be in your space. It's like, I need to be in the office. I'm going to go there. I've got a locker. I'm going to take out my stuff. Uh, I'm going to arrive with my laptop. I'm going to sit down and I'll be working in the office. You know, I need the printer. I want to network. I want to see some people, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, or I'm going to work from home. Like, so I, I think that there's a balance to it, uh, particularly in our business, which is sales. Uh, I think that there's a real good, um, you know, ability. To, I think every industry is different, right? So we're in sales. Like, it makes a lot of sense for us to be mobile. Uh, we've been mobile anyway as salespeople. You know, we were usually in the right. car. Uh, it's made our car time more, yeah. you know, better, all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, what is your maybe favorite story from the book? Um, the one that kind of really sticks with you the most? Oh, I don't know. There's so many, I can't tell you, I have a favorite story. Uh, I, I think they're all my favorite stories, right? And I think, you know, I'm hoping that everybody reads them. I mean, they, you know, it's, um, and they're all my favorite stories for different reasons. Um, you know, whether, you know, whether it was because I was showing properties to, uh, you know, Michael Jackson and working with him, um, uh, and some stories, you know, you're walking around and all of a sudden, you know, he hears a good acoustic in a, in, 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 in a house and he starts singing a cappella. Like, I, you know, I mean, that's just magical. I don't know how that gets any better than that. Right. Those memories and, and all that stuff uh, are amazing, you know, and obviously I couldn't even tell every story, you know, about, you know, working with Prince and, so many, you know, of our icons, um, you know, but how I've sold some property to, you know, to the Emir of Qatar or the, uh, or the um, Lady Gaga, um, you know, or, or, you know, the struggle story about how my wife was so supportive of me when I came home after I got fired from a job and didn't have any money. Uh, you know, that was probably one of the most pivotal stories, you know, in the book in terms of my, in terms of me. Um, and so, you know, that's, I, I, I'm going to go with that one. Okay, great. Success might look different this year, but it's out there for those willing to work for it. That's why 2023's Gathering of Eagles will focus on forging opportunities, the perfect chance for industry leaders to take a proactive approach to continually move the needle in their businesses and the real estate industry at large. Gathering of Eagles brings together the nation's most elite brokerage, association and team leaders, C-suite leaders, and top producing agents to grow, network, and set the pace for what's next in our industry. 2023's Gathering of Eagles is at the Omni Barton Creek Resort in the rolling hill country of Austin, Texas from June 18th to 21st. Learn more and register your spot today on the events page at realtrends.com. We can't wait to see you in Austin. I want to talk a little bit about like some trends that you're seeing in the industry. Obviously, you're you're super involved in the industry, not not just your business, but the industry as a whole. And I feel like 
Um, these, like you said, there's a lot of opportunity in this type of a market, but there's a lot of innovation in this type of market as well. Um, whether it's business models, recruiting, new services, products, um, what are some of the trends you're seeing and are there any new services or products that you're looking to offer agents that you really think are, um, are, you know, innovative and new? Uh, I think AI is probably the most important thing, you know, in terms of the most innovative and the big question is how do we use it? Um, I think that's still be, you know, learning in terms of how to use AI for different you know things. Uh, but that's definitely the most revolutionizing, you know, uh, tech and not only in our industry, but just period. Uh, I think that's, you know, potentially the most important, you know, tech that will change the way that we all work over the, you know, the next, you know, in the future. Um, I mean, I, you know, hopefully we'll start seeing, uh, the four day work week or the, you know, or, or the six hour work day. And we just bought more hours for play. I don't know. And being as efficient, right. But it's all about using it. It's not about replacing, um, you know, I, I've been a huge advocate that real estate agents are not going away. Um, I've been saying that for years, uh, you know, we've now seen, um, the iBuyer program. We've seen a whole bunch of different things that have not been successful. We've seen, the uh, uh, the discount broker that has not been successful. Um, all of these things have been tried out now and they have not been successful. Um, so to me, it's really just about making agents uh, more efficient, uh, you know, making their life better, uh, making their services uh, and advisory and consultancy work better. And uh, I think that's really what we all need to be looking at and not, not, not so much replacing us, but making us better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really, real estate, um, no matter what, is about the relationships. And that's how agents are going to thrive is building those relationships. What are you doing as far as like increasing, helping your agents increase their productivity um, with their sphere? Are there any any training, anything that you're doing specifically um, for that? We have a lot of training for that. We've got a great lead generating um, uh, technology that we use, which, you know, covers, you know, the lead, the follow up and all of that stuff. And it prompts you. It's really good. Um, we do a lot of training. We're big on training. Um, we, you know, we have a university on online um, that has, you know, lots of videos and lots of tips and all that, that stuff. Um, you know, again, we have, you know, our CRM system that has, you know, the follow up um and, and and the drip campaigns and all of that different stuff you know so that you're able to you know uh, get more business and more leads through your through your uh, uh sphere of influence and you know the people in your database um and so um yeah we've just you know we have all of that stuff that's just super important to us and when you look at opportunities in the market, um, are you looking at a lot of like local M&A um, with your expansion or talk to me about where you're seeing the most opportunity to gain market share? It's a great question. You know, so far, we've, you know, apart from apart from the one acquisition that we did in New York, we've always been more about a uh, organic growth. Um, I've always analyzed the organic growth versus the uh, mergers uh, or versus the acquisition. Um, and so far, you know, unless we find like the right match, a small, something that really just makes a lot of sense from a cultural perspective, because culture is the most important thing for us. Uh, I'm not opposed to acquisition, but, you know, I have found personally that organic growth is just better. Um, the people that, you know, when, uh, when, when, you, when you work through organic growth, um, everybody that works at your company wants to be there. Right. Like they, they're all excited to be there. They actually joined you like you didn't acquire them. Right. 
Um, and so, uh, and, and there's, you know, so, so from that perspective, in terms of the cost per acquisition, I, we've always found that the organic growth has been better for us. Um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, again, our acquisition and our, our merger of uh, Triple Mint in uh, New York um, uh, has been difficult, but it's been great. Um, it's been, uh, you know, difficult, you know, on the back end stuff, you know, the operations, the, uh, um, you know, just getting everything, you know, together and, 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 and into one system. It's just been, it's a lot of work. Um, but by the same token, we were, the, the culture match was such a great fit. Um, but from that perspective, it's been really good. Great. And it, obviously there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding the real estate transaction and kind of how agents get paid among other things. Um, so what are you seeing that might change, um, you know, how nimble you are or, um, kind of change the real estate brokerage and how are you preparing for that? I mean, we're not, uh, to be honest with you, we're not, you know, we're, we're certainly keeping our eyes on it, but it's the way that, you know, we've been, I mean, it's the way business has been done. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, it's been done like this forever for years. Um, I, I don't know about anybody changing it right now. Um, I mean, it's very obvious that, you know, commissions are negotiable. Um, and, um, and that just, you know, is what it is, but, um, yeah, I, yeah, these class action lawsuits against the NR and all that stuff, it just seems a little bit, um, I don't know, to me, it seems a little overreaching, like, you know, like, um, but, but I guess we'll see, you know, eventually we may all have to change the way we do business. But in the meantime, uh, in the meantime, it, it is the way it is, right? Um, and I, I, I have not seen anybody else out there making any uh, big changes. Um, I mean, you're still cooperating. Yeah, I've done a couple of surveys, um, or our real trends broker polls asking, um, and really the majority are just keeping an eye on it. There, there isn't a lot to prep. I mean, yes, you can start requiring your buyer's agents have buyer representation agreements, things like that, but, um, but there aren't a lot of things you can really do, um, at this point. So, so yeah. Uh, my final question is really what's next for the agency? What should we look for um, in the next six months from your company? Well, we got season two of Buying Beverly Hills uh, picked up by Netflix. So we're very excited about that. Um, you know, we're excited to show more about what we do. Um, you know, from our perspective, you'll just continue to see some more growth, some more growth in ancillary businesses. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully just a lot more efficiencies on what we're currently doing and you know, expanding our our, uh, our our service program and just getting better at uh, at all of that stuff. So you know, continuing to strive for you know for getting better, um, and uh, and again a slow a slow uh, a continuous of slow growth. You know, continuing into um, uh, Europe and the Middle East and hopefully into Asia pretty soon. That's great. Yeah. And um, thank you so much for, for sharing all your insights. I wish you much luck on the deal maker, and also um, congratulations on your ranking in the Real Trends 500 brokerage rankings and being a top mover. Um, that was huge considering the climate of the last half of last year. So Amazing stats. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for your time, Tracy. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.